might get loud. It might light a fire within you. It's all hands on deck. Now, for your listening pleasure, 94.9 News Now presents Mean Chet Martin, the Long Island redneck Brian Bro, and fearless C.V. Burton. This is Freedom on Deck. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Mean Chet Martin here with you. By my side, the fearless one himself, Mr. C.V. Burton. Welcome, brothers and sisters who are called to the higher calling of being a witness to the truth and to be speakers of the truth. And we've got a great show up for you. Before we get into the guests, I I do want to acknowledge the fact that Brian is not here with us again. Brian's had some losses this year. Last week was uh, absolutely horrific. I mean, his stepmother... Uh, the wife of his father had passed a month before, and then his younger cousin. Um, and I don't want to get into any details of anything that happened personally. We'll let Brian do that when he comes back. Uh, I just wanted to explain to everybody, since it was two weeks, that he is going through a pretty difficult time right now. Any of our prayer warriors out there, if you could say a prayer for the Bro family and for Brian, our brother in solidarity, we would appreciate that. It's been uh, it's been a tough one for both you and Brian CV, but Brian's been going through hell and he doesn't deserve it. He's a hard worker. He's an earnest patriot and a believer. Yes. But we get we get by this with each other. We get by this with each other. We get to buy this with our faith and and we uh, we just will pray for Brian and his family. And we would appreciate if the listeners did that as well. We do have some great guests. We have Kevin McGarry. He's coming in from the organization that's called Every Black Life Matters. Okay? Now, I know it sounds similar. It's not. Believe me. And uh, it's a re- he's a great conservative. He's going to come on with us. A great program that he has going with Every Black Life Matters. And it's really going to be a good discussion into... I, uh, I know what that means. That means that he's concerned about every black life even if they were killed by another black person or abortion or we're going to we're going to get ah, into it with them. Yes. We're going to get into it with them and there's plenty of that to go around. We also have James Simpson on. He's the author of Karl Marx the men the motivations and the menace. So that's a book coming out later this uh, I think later this month I believe with James Simpson coming on as the second guest. And then our buddy Paul Sutliff, uh, The Cancer of Civilization Jihad. So Paul has another book coming out, finally, CV. And as soon as I saw him say that, I, I said, we got to get you on and talk about that as well. So that'll be later in the program. So we'll see what's going on with Paul uh, and his new book, uh, continuing the theme of Civilization Jihad. He's a brilliant writer. He is. He's an awesome guy, too. All right, so... This is in your wheelhouse, CV, and that's kind of why I picked this one out first. And we've been talking about all these audits that are coming through. And now with Georgia, uh, a Georgia radio host named John Fredericks joined Steve Bannon on the War Room Friday. Fredericks Mm -hmm. is reporting from the Georgia Republican Convention this weekend. 
During the conversation, former Trump chief strategist Steve Bannon laid out his most recent predictions, and they're very poignant. Bannon says Georgia will hold a forensic audit despite the best efforts from rhinos in the state block of the process. Steve also called out Mitch McConnell to put his shoulder to the wheel of the 3 November movement. Bannon said that means it's holding audits in all three states. Mitch McConnell right now should be kowtowing to Chuck Schumer, should not be kowtowing to Chuck Schumer because we're going to show in Arizona that we're particularly going to show in Georgia those are three Republican Senate seats that are coming back to Republicans after you do a full forensic audit. Now, we get into the weeds here, CV. The discussion on the war room was the audits that'll come out in full swing in Georgia. And also the facts that the numbers of um, some of these Senate seats could be up and we could have a, a really big win the next time around. Now, again, I will say that the voting process in this country is broken. It needs to be fixed. We cannot use Dominion. We need to be able to trust our votes and our neighbors' votes and our neighbors' neighbors' votes to count. So when this goes forward, and I, I agree with what Mr. Bannon saying here, that uh, there's a lot of uh, 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 bad things that happen, but we also have to keep, as we said last week, our foot on the throat. So this mm. audit this audit could be bigger than what we saw the first time around in Arizona CV. It's a little more clear-cut here, which is great. And um, I've heard actually more mainstream media outlets talking about this one. And I've heard that Georgia is more of a cesspool and more corrupt, and there was more fraud going on in Georgia than even in Arizona. Yeah, I did. And I, I don't know much about what's going on behind the curtain because it's impossible to find any information online because all our search lens, all our search engines on the internet are also corrupt. Yeah, <laughs> and also rigged. You can't find anything. Try looking up anything on global warming or climate change; you'll find nothing. And I mean, unless. I, I, Oh, you'll find oh, out. Oh, yeah, you'll find all the uh, the lies. The propaganda. That's all you'll find. Exactly. Yeah, you'll find yeah. the propaganda. Propaganda. And the yeah. same thing with this. If you look up the audits, they like, oh, it's it's uh, amateurish, and uh, they're, they're, it, the the ballots are now compromised. The machines are now compromised. Everything is all slanted. I mean, we really are living in an Orwellian, uh, kleptocracy. Yeah. And. Uh, it's bad enough that they're spying on us all the time, but you, you can't even you can't even find information. So, but what what I do know is that the Arizona audit is more than halfway complete. They have uncovered a lot of fraud. Yeah, there there's going to be uh, public statements about that. I think I think there are lawsuits in Arizona that are trying to um, unshackle the people involved so that they can speak speak about it because I think the judge said you're not even allowed to talk about what, what they found. So yeah. why are you having an audit if you're going to keep it secret? That's an, that's, an, that's one thing. Another thing I, I've heard is that the the people who are interested in doing a full forensic audit in Georgia are, have gone to Arizona yeah. to see the best practices of how they're doing it over there okay. so that they can institute those practices 
in Georgia, particularly Fulton County. Uh, and then it's gonna, and then from there, it's gonna go to Pennsylvania. I think Pennsylvania, Trump was ahead eight hundred thousand votes. That's like nearly a million votes ahead in Pennsylvania at around ten thirty at night. And because a water main broke in Georgia, somehow they had to stop the count in Pennsylvania also, and the and the other states. And then the next thing you know, you, you wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. It's like, not only did Trump lose his 800,000 vote lead in Pennsylvania, but uh, Biden's ahead by like 10,000. I yeah. mean, you could... 10,000. Yeah. I mean, you could find uh, 10,000 votes that were frauds in Arizona simply by looking at those who voted out of state. You know... Alone. One of the things that the mainstream media outlets do so very well is is lie, 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 and stamp their feet and hold their breath and tell us that we're conspiracy conspiratorial theorists and conspiracy theorists and that that everything that we're talking about with the 2020 election is just us not accepting the results. Mm. And you know, it it is so much more than that. The, the numbers themselves, when everything was shut down, like you said, and the activities of some of these voting polling centers with boxcars going in and taking out uh, pallets of, of ballots and then also water mains breaking and telling the GOP to go home while the Democrats stayed there. I mean, I don't know how anybody can look at what happened uh, in the 2020 elections and say that there's nothing to look at. There's a lot to look at, and the sad fact of the matter is this should never have happened, but it did. And now what we're seeing with uh, this basically empty suit inside the White House, the guy that doesn't know where he is half the time. Empty skull. An empty skull. We have a disaster on the southern border. We have uh, these vaccines being pumped into people's bodies. They don't even know what it is. We have a economy that's basically clinging onto life support right now. The gas, all the th- th- all the things that came about because of the shutdown of that pipeline. When yeah. Trump had our energy, our energy end of this country was doing great. I yeah. mean, we were doing big things, and you know, it, it surprises me that so many people on the left aren't saying, "Man." You know, I'm looking at these results now that we have that empty suit in there, and Trump was doing a pretty good job. I mean, look on the southern border. They said, well, we just weren't paying attention then. Oh, come on, bull. So you're telling me that Donald J. Trump, Mr. 45, who who should still be Mr. 45 right now, you're telling me that it was just as bad on the southern border when Donald J. Trump entered office and that you guys didn't uh, report on that, give me a break. It's pathetic yeah. the way they spin this, CV. But the really pathetic part about all of this is that our country is falling apart. I, yeah. you know, it, it really is. And I think now with these audits and everything that's going into high gear, they're going to try to churn up uh, the. Uh, the evil on their side, as you would call it, Satanism on the left, and they're going going to uh, turn it up, as Spinal Tap would say, to volume eleven. At this point, Trump 
Trump won the 2020 election in a landslide historic victory, yep. and that's all going to come out. And yep. as I always say, these these bad things that are happening under the Biden regime are the very reasons why Trump won in a landslide, because we didn't want to see this happening. Right. You know, when we're talking about our energy independence that that we uh, attained under Trump, under Trump's wisdom and guidance, uh, you know, we 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 were not just energy independent, independent, but we were exporting energy and getting bloody rich off of it. Yeah. But that's supposed to be evil. To be successful, I guess, is an evil thing if you're a leftist brainwashed idiot. Um, and uh, as Trump and Mike Liddell both agree that uh, in past elections, maybe not maybe not at the high office of president, but in lower um, in, in, in lower positions, people were reinstated yeah. to, to their proper seat after an audit. After they found fraud. Mm -hmm. So it's not unprecedented. It it can happen that Trump can return to office by August for all we know, because, you know, uh, desperate times call call for desperate measures. We're in uncharted waters. We don't know what's going to happen. This has never happened before. So you don't know. You don't know what, how it's going to play out when you when you're in a situation that has that we've never been in before. So how could you possibly know how it's going to play out necessarily? And the media are all apoplectic because they, they, in the back of their heads, they know all this. And they keep lying and they're saying every court ruled against Donald Trump uh, when he contested this election. That is a bloody lie, you know, because they didn't, not, not one court decided to take it on. There was never a case that was adjudicated. Right, da right. Donald, yeah, no. Trump was, Donald Trump was denied his constitutional rights. He was the most abused president in United States history. And the worst part of all of that is the media reported on it when we're talking about these judges as to, well, they, they, they did look at They didn't. That's the problem. That's what we're talking about here. But you see, the morons that hear that, uh, whether they're the morons on their side or we have some morons on our side too, if you're not, if you're not going to stick up for the the process that we built this country under, then you're part of the problem, okay? And I'm not afraid to say that, too. There are a lot of morons out there that just don't get what happened, and it's unfortunate because it could lead to a mountain full of skulls if we're not careful enough. Uh, CV, we're coming back next. We got another hot topic. Smugglers on the southern border are offering VIP packages to those that are crossing in. Sounds good. It's like, yeah, it's like a, uh, you know, like a going to a Yankee game and getting the VIP uh, treatment. So we'll see you all about that next, right here on 94.9 News Now. Freedom on Deck, good to have you back here with us. Of course, we are the top in conservative broadcast over here in Connecticut, Long Island, Rhode Island. So we're going to be talking about these smugglers 
CV, I know there's a lot of VIP packaging when you go to baseball, football games, wrestling events, you know, stuff like that. Well, they don't keep it just there, though. So the Houston Chronicle published a report yesterday on a new trend in migrant smuggling from Central America to the U.S. There's VIP packages. Traditionally, if you want to get them from, say, El Salvador, Texas, Arizona, you were looking at a very long, dangerous trip, often traveling by foot. You're also at the mercy of kidnappers, gangs, MS-13, anyone else who looked to profit to take advantage of you along the way. But as cartels have come to dominate the flow of migrants, they are also expanding their offerings in business. Susanna, a 35-year-old from El Salvador, desperate to come to the United States, had heard stories of migrants being raped and murdered, so she paid a hefty 10000 early this year for a VIP package. It came to promote to smuggle her to Houston with guaranteed security rides, food, lodging, and no lo- lodging, and no long walks. This is just, this is crazy. Some migrants venture on their own, then pay the smugglers as they go for from specific legs of the trip, but Susan was worried about her journey, was told when the Vajero a, a smugglers groups are called, promised a secure trip for Susanna. And she did not want to name... She did not want her last name identified in this story. She crossed over on the Rio Grande and is now somewhere in Houston. So these are VIP packages, uh, CV. They go to their travel agents. They say, well, I'm just kidding. But they do. They <laughs> find out They find out who's running the... Sh- what cartel's running what. The, and they ask them, how do you protect me? What's the big package? So they'll tell you 10000 and uh, we can guarantee you're not going to get raped, you're not going to get murdered, and you'll have a nice lodging. Uh, we'll put you up at the Red Roof Inn. <laughs> um, we'll get you uh, maybe a, a night with the masseuse. The, and the the crux of this whole thing is right now, the United States is privy to this, and uh, the, the Biden administration actually made a comment on it saying that this is uh, relieving to know that maybe some people will be... Uh, 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 save from the cartels and the, well, it's actually the cartels, Mr. Biden, that are doing this. So that's a problem. Um, CV, we, we have a mess on the border. It's getting worse and worse now. You have to have, uh, you know, if someone's trying to get over here to give us more of their uh, diseased uh, third world rate lifestyle, it's easier to do so. So that's good. This, this, this situation uh, raises red flags all over the place for me. I'm I'm totally suspicious. First of all, the cartels are saying, "Oh, you you, you know, you might get murdered or raped, so why don't you let the uh, let us cartels yeah. bring you there?" Uh, you're the murderers and rapers. <laughs> but not only that, but why do the cartels feel it's smart? Why is it such a smart business decision to uh, raise their rates? Where do they think all this money is really coming from? Because it's a, how can migrants get ten thousand dollars? In El Salvador, when when the average wage is something like a dollar seventy five a month for a uh, hard slave labor, and and they're supposedly coming to America trying to escape extreme poverty. I don't have ten thousand dollars to for for uh to go on a trip. It's just uh. It's ridiculous. There's something, the money is coming, obviously, from places like 
China, you know, the the, the Soros cabal. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, because they have more money than God. Right. These people. Yes, I agree with you. The, the, uh, the maddening part about the story for me is that there's, you know, like there's a price to keep somebody safe. And then all the leftists, when they get here, they complain about the way they're being held up uh, by our police or by our southern border. Uh, oh, and, and, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's that's the issue here. We have a we have a wide open border. In the meantime, they're trying to tell us we're living under a pandemic and that, uh, you know, Trump did a horrible job on the border, but Biden's doing a great job when uh, <laughs> when, when the, obviously it's the other way around. And, you know, I don't want anybody out there obviously coming across the southern border and getting raped by the cartels or the MS-13 or ISIS or whoever else is coming across. But the problem is it's not just those people. The people that we're worried about attacking these people are coming to. All right? So that's the issue. And if you're coming here to hurt anybody and you're coming here to trash America, I have a problem with you as well. We do have uh, a guest coming on right now with us, Kevin McGarry from Every Black Life Matters organization. He's on the line. We're going to talk to him coming back after these messages and commercials. Don't go anywhere. This is FO. You may ask yourself, am I right? Am I wrong? And you may say to yourself, my God, what have I done? Deck 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. Chet Martin here with you. Make sure you go to freedomondeck.com and check out everything that we have to offer for you there. All of our old shows, interviews, all the contributors, all the great stuff. Traffic in there is much appreciated as, uh, as we appreciate the listeners as well. So right now on the line with me, I have the president from Every Black Life Matters, He's an entrepreneur, author, and public speaker, also serving as chairman of the Frederick Douglass Foundation of California. He's worked 35 years in the information technology. I'm talking about Mr. Kevin McGarry. How are you doing, Kevin? Thanks for being with us on your Sunday, sir. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Chad. Thank you for having me. So so let's just talk about before we get into the nitty-gritty the site is everyblacklifematters.com so tell our listeners what the group is about what you guys do yeah awesome uh thank you for the, for the opportunity to kind of expound on that a lot sure. of people uh wonder about you know how do how do we compare to blm and, and and why are we using sort of the same vernacular so let me just go through it real quick so your listeners can kind of understand positionally who we are and why we're here um we all saw that what happened last summer we saw nine nine minutes and 45 seconds uh of a situation there in minneapolis and we drew our own conclusions from that most people agree uh, agreed with the sentiment that 
black lives actually do matter and felt that that was not representative of how black lives should be treated. Um, from that, we saw riots, violence. Um, we saw people that lacked melanin being set upon by mobs. We saw all kinds of things that were just uncharacteristic of civil society. So um, we, uh, my, myself and my co-founder, Neil Mammon, uh, realized that at some point, uh, churches, people of faith, people of moral character uh, will actually do their homework and find out about Black Lives Matter, the organization, and will look for other uh, alternatives to uh, basically say that they agree with the sentiment, but don't agree with the organization. Okay. We uh, fundamentally, we started because we are really all about black life uh, from the womb to the tomb, from conception to the grave and every phase of black life in between. Um, so there's a lot of systemic plight directed towards the black community and uh, we want to be able to address those issues. Um, and so that's why we're here. And I'm glad you brought back brought it back to last summer when everything kind of just uh, exploded, really. And it's, it's gone in a bad direction in Minneapolis, especially uh, when we saw the drive-by sh- shootings that occurred on the gentleman's, I, I think it was the anniversary of the shooting, of Mr. Floyd, and um, there were there were people being shot right inside George Floyd Square, which yeah. was an area that uh, has been obviously I don't want to say taken over, but I guess I'll say it Antifa, uh, yes. uh, Black Lives Matter, and extreme leftists on the streets over there yes. in Minneapolis and throughout uh, the communities. And what they're talking about on the streets is there's feces, there's used needles, uh, there's people getting shot, there's no law and order. This is worse for the black community, Kevin, when when they need more police. And look, we know that there's there's issues in law enforcement and the way that they deal in the minority community. But a lot of these people in the minority community are saying, we don't want less police. We need more police. When you really talk to the people inside the communities instead of the ones that are being bussed in by uh, Soros and all the leftist groups out there that are just making it a living hell for everybody else. Where do you take direction and how we turn that around? Because it's been over a year now, and it still looks like a a living hell over there. Yeah, so um, we have a lot of people that have never spent uh, even a half day in these urbanized uh, communities. And they, uh, like you say, I mean, they're basically talking heads that come from Marxist organizations or those that are or anti-American organizations that are just looking to exacerbate problems within our urban communities as opposed to fix them. Perfect case in point that you did mention was uh, last summer we saw black and brown businesses uh, being torched on purpose by mostly white Antifa, you know, 98 percent of Antifa is white uh, suburbanites. And uh, what was ironic about it is you had BLMers laughing and ranting and cheering at these black and brown businesses being destroyed and uh there was no police presence yeah reality is is if we're really concerned about black life and uh associated black plight in these communities we actually do need more policing not less 
Uh, I was born in Hunters Point in San Francisco in project housing. I was born into abject poverty. And for the early part of my life, uh, that was what I understood uh, life to be. And I can tell you as a, as a, a brother from the hood, uh, living in those communities is not, uh, you know, it's not comforting to know that there's no police presence, even when you absolutely need them. Yeah. So the ones that are really disproportionately harmed by defunding the police are not the white suburbanites, uh, Antifa players that come into the urban communities and destroy black businesses, which by the way, they're the real white supremacists right there. Um, but it's 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 the black families that are the ones that are disproportionately harmed in these communities. And it's atrocious that we're allowing uh, these people that are outsiders, have no idea what the urban community is like, to try to make assessments about what we need or don't need. What they need to do is spend six months in those communities and really find out what it's like there and then tell us. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Because these are the outsiders telling you what's best for your community, and like you said, they I don't even think they're coming in there uh, to make things better. They're coming in to make it worse. They want to create absolutely. that the division, and they want to create this uh, this feel that, that the minorities in America have no options at all, the police are out to get them, and that we have to basically defund the police and start over from scratch, and they have some great ideas out there, but honestly... You know what, Kevin? I don't see any ideas that work, and I don't really see them coming up with any ideas. No, their ideas are, are utter failures. I mean, what it will do is it will exacerbate problems within these urban communities. It will drive an, a, a further wedge between those communities and, and, and law enforcement. Uh, it will actually uh, exacerbate the ability for us to rebuild these communities. A lot of these, a lot of people that live in these communities who were, uh, you know, small business owners are leaving those communities and going to safer places to reestablish their business. And so ultimately what it's going to do is accelerate the degradation of America and civil society. And that's exactly what these people want. They would rather uh, for America to fail. And so we can join the global alliance uh, that would want, a, you know, a great global reset. Um, so they're really trying to come up with any nifty uh, strategies that will help, uh, you know, precipitate the demise of the U.S. as opposed to in, in, encourage the uh, the success of the U.S. Kevin McCurry, every Black Lives Matter, and Kevin, I'm sure you've seen what's happening in the news with critical race theory right now. This is a movement. I, I I'll be honest with you. I've only read into it a little bit from what I'm seeing, the curriculum that's being uh, pushed through in the public school system with critical race theory. Uh, it's disturbing because it just seems like uh, this is another divisive way to paint a certain sector of America as the bad racist and that these are the folks holding you down, and that there is no options except for the let the government come in and take over. And the fact of the matter is, from what I've seen so far inside uh, the teachings that they're pushing in the public schools with this whole thing, it, it's a bunch of nonsense and noise, and there's no real accuracy here. 
And, and I don't think it's that we don't want to to teach what happened when we had slavery in this country. We want what I want for the public schools to do, and I know that they're not going to go back to this, is teach history as it ought to be taught, as everything that happened in this country, good or bad, whether in the minority community, whether in the white community, whether in the rich or the poor community, we need to know our history. But this isn't going that way. Is it critical race theory? What do you think about it? Yeah, CRT, critical race theory, is uh, is actually, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a demonic manifestation that will uh, further destroy civil society here in America. Fundamentally, what it does, just for your listeners who may not have studied it, is it basically castigates and demonizes all whites, uh, all people who lack, let's just say, who lack as much melanin as I have as a black man. And uh, basically it says, look, these people are privileged, they're white supremacists, they're all racist, there's nothing they can do about it. They're completely irredeemable, and we need to shut them up and actually cancel whiteness is fundamentally what it does. And so uh, when they teach our children this, uh, they're teaching child abuse. Basically, this is child abuse and it's propaganda. They're teaching children to hate America, to actually grow up self-loathing. It's going to increase suicide rates. It's going to increase... um, uh, you know, the social angst between children. Uh, you know, when I was growing up and I had a multicultural urban school at a public school I grew up in, we didn't think about race in those terms. And I grew up, uh, you know, I was going to high school and schools in the uh, 70s. And just coming out of civil rights era, you would think that there would be a whole lot of, you know, uh, division. But when I was growing up, it, it wasn't. And that's inner city San Francisco. Yeah. So, But what they're trying to do now is hype the racial issues and get white children to hate their parents, grandparents, and hate themselves and to hate America because it's, uh, uh, you know, by giving, uh, making these false narratives about George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and these guys and that they were colonializers, plantation owners, slave owners, and et cetera, et cetera. And therefore, uh, you know, we need to cancel uh, history, this part of history as well. I'm with you 100%, Chet. The reality is, is we all learn from history. History is vitally important, good, yes. bad, and different. Uh, when you start to revision history and change uh, actual facts about history and try to malign uh, the history makers and only show them in a negative light, and you nobody up, And you end up it. repeating it. Yeah, you absolutely. You take all of the bad stuff out of history, and guess what? You end up repeating it. So, um, this is a this is not a winner. What we're doing at every Black Life Matters, uh, every BLM.com, you can go and find it. But what we're doing is we have a library of templated letters. And I, as a black guy, could choose from a template that fits, you know, my profile. There's uh, mixed people of mixed ethnicities where they can write the letters. They're already templated, already fully written out, um, but basically pushing back on the CRT narrative. They're written for uh, your school boards, written, written for your state, uh, your state uh, electeds, and even the federal uh, electeds, including your representatives. So uh, they're already pre-written. All you got to do is write your name on there. You could email them. You could send them hard copy in the mail. You could put them on your social media, whatever. Uh, and I would encourage your listeners to go to our site, go ahead and download whatever template of the letter you want. Right. If you have uh, women's groups, activist groups, and you want to really sound out this is a perfect way to inundate these offices with 
letters of your concern so they understand uh, that they're you know the public is not behind them on this uh, child abuse is what I call it and that's that's exactly what it is uh, that coupled with the sex education stuff it is child abuse and there's no other words I can put to it yeah. uh, but we need to stand against this stuff and and every black life matters is is uh, on the forefront to help parents uh, really sound off on this Okay, uh, Kevin McGarry on the line, and we are going to wrap it up, Kevin. So uh, the site, and I'm sorry I got it wrong, it's everyblm.com, not Every Black Life Matters, and that's so people get that traffic, and I'm sorry I got that wrong, everyblm.com, correct? That is correct, everyblm.com, and it's Every Black Life Matters is is the name of the uh, organization. And you do such good work out there. There was so much I had to get. uh, I want to get you back on next month because I have a million other questions here that I wanted to ask you. So uh, you willing to come back on? We'll get a hold of your people and we'll get you back on here, Kevin. Oh, I'd love to do it, Chet. Uh, Here's one other thing I'd like to just let your listeners know. We are going across the country, and we're providing Remnant Rising workshops. If you go to our website, you can find out about that as well. It's called Remnant Rising Workshops, where we actually fully deconstruct CRT, Black Liberation Theology, Liberation Theology in general, and uh, we do a compare and contrast with social justice versus biblical justices uh, versus biblical justice. If you have a church, uh, or faith organizations, community organizations, you want to learn more about uh, the in, in and outs and, and the history of CRT, liberation theology, and these things, uh, we'd, be a, we'd love to come and visit you and actually do some work there. Thanks a lot, Kevin. And, they, and to go check that out, they just go to everyblm.com. That's, that's right there as well. It'll, it'll be on the site. Absolutely. All kinds of shareable material. So I encourage all of your listeners, please do that. Join us. We have partnership. Uh, we have a partnership site as well. So if you want to participate with us in an ongoing basis, there's all kinds of opportunities for you. Love for you to do it. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Take care and we'll get you back on. Perfect. Thank you, Chad. Everybody, that was Mr. Kevin McGarry. We're going to come back. It's from uh, just go check out everyblm.com. You can check out all his interesting work over there and everything he has to offer for you inside the organization. Don't go anywhere. We have a lot more show to go. We have some more guests on the way. Stay here on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk Fox News. What do you and that guest was great going back a little bit and now we're coming back with it it kind of ties into what's going on at the southern border a little bit here it it really does nbc inadvertently shows biden packing cities with illegals migrants coming for jobs not asylum so this is coming from the new american magazine which we both uh promote and read and uh, also Brian as well, a big uh, fan of the New America magazine. In the latest tale of migrants at the border from NBC News, you might see 
the lead flew under the radar. The Biden administration is using commercial airlines to flood the heartland with illegal aliens and push forward the so-called great replacement of white Americans yeah. with third world immigrants. And we all know about the uh, the great replacement. Border authorities released as many as 50,000 illegals in April because their facilities are packed to the rafters with migrants. As well, NBC let another cat out of the bag without knowing it. The illegals aren't jumping the border because they're running from violence and persecution. They're coming for jobs and free things. We've seen that plenty of times. I've seen interviews, CV, where they're talking to people that just fresh came over the borderlines, saying that I'm here for jobs, and some of them admitting... I remember one, it was a few years ago, me and Brian were talking about it. It may have been when you uh, first came over to the show. I, I think it was a little before that, but there was an interview and, and a, a guy was like, yeah, I murdered somebody. And oh, they're yeah. like, yeah. And, and he's being honest. He's like, look, I murdered somebody. It was in self-defense, but I murdered somebody. It's really wonderful here. Um, so borderwide about 15% of the adults... And 65% of families are released into the U.S. rather than expelled, according to customers, custom, excuse me, customs and border protection data from April. Now, supposedly this has only gone up, CV, and I can imagine that that's probably more accurate. And um, the true numbers of what's happening here, I think, is much higher than even CBS would like to admit. I've seen pictures inside these facilities where you see these kids laying in with those tinfoil blankets yeah. and they look like they're stacked up on top of each other. Yeah. And uh, I thought I thought all the tinfoil was for uh, hat wearers, but apparently it's for blankets. But the, the asylum lie, there's so many layers of lies. You know, the asylum lie was also used for the Islamic invasions uh, here under Obama and uh, abroad and it's almost like they went out to the middle east to make wars just so that they can create war stories so that more I I islamic muslims whatever you want to call them uh can be flood into the west and replace oh, yeah. and replace uh the uh the the indigenous europeans yeah. or whoever or patriots if you will uh, who te who tend to vote conservative is what it is, and then and then that's okay. That's one layer of lies, and then the next layer of lies is okay. They're coming here really because they're looking for jobs. Okay, well if they're looking for jobs, then how did they get ten thousand dollars for this for this uh, VIP package that the cartels were offering? Right, right, in the, right, right, in right. the last story <laughs> that we were talking about in the last segment, but um, all this is. It's it's the the left wing kleptocrats. I, I like to call them the theftocrats because they they stole the election. They they know it shows their panic. How they know the real numbers of the November third election that Donald Trump won overwhelmingly, and so what they're trying to do is uh, bring in more voters for them or to re replace us as as a voting block. Yes, because when you bring in folks from the third world, they bring the third world with them. 
Yeah. So that when you, and I'm not saying that, listen, I'm not saying that in a, uh, you know, a, 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 I'm not trying to be no, venomous. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not trying to be venomous here, guys. I'm talking about the fact that when you bring people in, when they live under a, a system of socialism, that's what they want. When they come here, they say, oh, Mr. Biden's going to give me this and this. They don't think about the fact that the country that they fled where they were promised the same damn things and then ended up having to eat zoo animals. That's what you're bringing here. And that's the sad part of it all. The only saving grace with the Latinos is that they, a lot of them, many of them have have good faith in Jesus. But unfortunately, many of them are blinded by free things. And that's the uh, danger of all this. The replacement is real. It is happening. And we need to stop it before it gets any worse. Uh, It's the legal immigrants tend to vote conservative. That's why they're trying to bring in the illegal immigrants who tend right. to vote Democrats. That's all I want. Right. Say. Yeah, I just want to say that the numbers are just, the numbers are the numbers, you know, and, and and we have to worry about it. And it shouldn't be happening anyway. We shouldn't have open borders right now. It's not the right time in this country. That's for sure. And they shouldn't be open, period. All right, so listen, second guest of the day is coming on with us. And it's Mr. James Simpson author of Karl Marx, The Man, The Motives, and The Menace. Don't go anywhere. Freedom on deck. 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. News Now. He's author and investigative journalist. His works have been featured in Breitbart, Washington Times, World Net Daily, and others. I'm talking about the one and only Mr. James Simpson. Now, you have a, a great book that's that's been released, your newest book, your latest book, Who Was Karl Marx, The Men, The Motives, and The Menace. Now, you know, we all know who Karl Marx is. You know, we uh, some people... Put him up on a pedestal. Not this show, obviously. Uh, the new book looks interesting. What are you delving into here, and how does it reflect on what we're going through in America today, James? The men, the motives, and the menace behind today's rampaging American left. Everything that we are seeing happening in our country today reflects the mind and the motives and the menace that came out of the head of Carl Marx. All we are seeing is Marxism applied Marxism, or more correctly, applied communism. And, you know, Marx himself, he's put up as this absolutely perfect icon uh, for the left. Sure. He was infallible 
in their minds. He could say, do, think nothing wrong. But the truth of the matter is, Marx reflected more than practically anybody else the type of person that the left claims to just simply despise. He was absolutely selfish and greedy. He was a lecher. He was prejudiced to the hilt. He hated blacks. He thought slavery was a good thing. He called the proletariats rogues, stupid boys, asses. He uh, even spied for the German government on his fellow communists. And even though he was born into wealth, his father was a very wealthy attorney, he was born into wealth, and when he went off to college, his father gave him allowance that was greater than 95% of the German population's annual salary. And he spent the rest of his life being supported by Frederick Engels, his partner in crime. Engels was another super wealthy uh, uh, child of a very uh, rich industrialist in Britain, Marx impregnated his own maid and then said it was Engels who did it, and Engels raised that child as his own and didn't admit that it was actually Marx's uh, baby until he was on his deathbed. Wow. And That's something Marx I did not know. That is wild. Yeah. It, wow. It, it's amazing. Marx would sit around waiting for his wealthy relatives to die, and uh, he would immediately show up for the reading of their wills to see what he would get in it, and then he'd write letters to uh, he'd write letters to Engels talking about it. And this is all a, a, a fact of history. Yeah. Um, let me read one of his letters. It says, "Yesterday we were informed of a very happy event." The death of my wife's uncle, age 90. As a result, my mother-in-law will save an annual impost of 200 tailors, which is a German currency. Uh -huh. And my wife will get almost 100 pounds more if the old dog hasn't made over to his housekeeper such of his money as is not in tail. Wow. <laughs> he was, a, li he was a little rough man. around the edges, too, then. Jeez. Oh, he was, he was a monster. Uh, his... Um, uh, Engels said of him, he does not walk or run. He jumps on his heels and rages full of anger as if he would like to catch the wide tent of the sky and throw it to the earth. He stretches his arms far away in the air. The wicked fist is clenched. He rages without ceasing as if 10,000 devils had caught him by the hair. That's what Engels said of him. And you know, he, two of his children committed suicide. A son-in-law committed suicide. Three of his children starved to death. And while his wife was running around trying to raise enough money to get a coffin for one of their children, Marx hired a useless booksome secretary because he thought that it was uh, important for a man of his stature to have a secretary. Oh, my God. This is the kind of guy he really was. He was a absolutely... Arrogant, spoiled, evil little brat. Engels, Engels was the same thing. 
spoiled son of a rich family. The Castro brothers followed suit. Mm-hmm. They were both spoiled children of a, 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 a wealthy plantation owner. Mao Zedong, which every, who everybody thinks of as you know, coming from peasant stock. Well, it's true, except that his father was the richest peasant in the entire town, and his father went through all of the headaches with spoiled, lazy, selfish, rich children that, you know, yeah. all parents are besetted with. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's hilarious to hear about, to read about the truth of some of these people. And you find out that they are all of a type. These are people who think they owe nobody a living, they think they know it all. They don't think they have to prove anything. They think they're entitled to all the best life has to offer. They could, they have utter contempt for their fellow man. This is the attitude of leftists everywhere, especially the ones at the top. You know, we have James Simpson on the line with us. And the new book that he has just re- when did you release the book? Is this is this was this out last year, James? It it was out three weeks ago. Three weeks the ago. Book, and we're about to publish uh, a, a print version of it. That should probably be coming out next week in at Amazon. So they could. So it, it's uh, who was Karl Marx? The the men, the motives, and the menace. And we can get that. Uh, people can get that on their tablet if they want to go get it right now. That way, right? Yeah, or you can just order it as a Kindle, and uh, you can read it right from your computer, uh, right from the Kindle cloud on Amazon, or you can download it to your computer or other device and just read it from there. I think it's interesting. Just reading uh, the, the pretext, and we get into it a little bit with what's going on in Portland, Oregon, and we do, yep. and you also get into a little bit about George Floyd and what kind of character. He was who yep. he was before yep. this all transpired. Yep. He wasn't a saint. Yep. He wasn't an angel. It reminds me a little bit of what you're talking about right now with Karl Marx. And when we talk about these groups inside in Portland, Oregon, and in Seattle with Antifa, with Black Lives Matter, they have admitted, and for the one of the head leaders in Black Lives Matter admitted to be being a Marxist. She said it quite clearly, yep. and the media stays away from it. Uh, the media, it seems to me, James, they know to stay away from talking yeah. about Marxism, yet these two groups are heavily involved with that, believing in what this man taught and what this man represented. Uh, we need a little bit more fairness here because we're not talking about it enough, I think. I mean, it's great with you yeah. and, and others. You look on, and right now looking through World Net Daily, but there's just not enough, and people should be outraged. Oh, yeah, they, they absolutely should be outraged. I mean, it's simply stunning. And, you know, even Patrice Colours, who uh, said in that video that she is a trained Marxist, it's she and Alicia Garza, both of them mm-hmm. uh, found, founders of uh, Black Lives Matter, yep. are trained Marxists. Um, she does it well. She demonstrates that actually she is a Marxist just like Karl Marx was. She's greedy, selfish, looking for power. Many black people who have lost their children, their sons or 
to, uh, you know, violence either from the police or through the violence that Black Lives Matter and Antifa have provoked, which killed many more people than the police they're supposedly uh, protesting. Yes. Uh, And they call them frauds. I mean, they call them frauds. And that's exactly what they are. And Patrice Cullors proved it by taking about $5 million out of the Black Lives Matter fund to purchase five luxury houses for herself in very and her family in very white neighborhoods, exclusive neighborhoods in Southern California. It's simply amazing. With Biden being in right now, this this book couldn't be more poignant, I don't think, than uh, yeah. ever before. I think the release date was perfect. But it really yep. is scary because you talk about the transformation that we've seen in a year, and you're right. Yep. It is almost like uh, night and day, isn't it, James? Yeah, well, it sure is, and it's very dangerous. And we really need to, uh, you know, we need to get on top of this or we are going to be really in trouble. And one thing I did in the book was I um, provided a final chapter that describes the ways that we can work ourselves out of this. And unlike a lot of the concluding chapters that just sort of give lip service to the idea that, well, we have to protest and we have to, you know, do this and that, this actually provides very, very doable, uh, very reasonable, uh, and very attractive uh, ideas as to how we can fight this without being slaughtered in the mainstream media and and by the left, uh, just by providing alternatives. And everybody, even liberals, want alternatives to the insanity that leftist leaders are creating in blue states and in the federal government. And the misinformation. And, you know, the weaponization, you know, the weaponization about the way that they uh, formulate the news if they call it conspiracy theory that you know so if if I say that uh, that Karl Marx was an evil uh, you know an evil racist and they'll right. say well it's coming from a conspiracy conspiracy theorist right. he's like Alex Jones don't listen to him don't listen to the radio don't listen to that show instead of saying right. Right. no and what we say and I think you would say it too uh, James is no listen to it listen to me listen to them and, and get your own ideas. They don't want to yeah. give other ideas. They want to beat you over no. that, and that's half the problem. Right. Well, you know, <clears throat> people complain about the lack of free speech, and I don't say that at all. Right. The left has absolutely unlimited free speech. They can say and do whatever they want, and they do and say whatever they want. They lie every single day. It, they, they have complete free speech, and there is no uh, restraint whatsoever on what they say, and some of the things they say are truly repulsive, <clears throat> like uh, a, uh, a legislator, I forget where, I just saw this morning, mm. uh, talking about how she wants to see whites murdered. I mean, this is a public figure saying this kind of thing. Yeah. And it, it, it's simply stunning. But it's not about free speech. It's about the truth. They are suppressing the truth. 
because the truth is what's going to get them in trouble. The truth will get them in trouble. And And so they want to silence that uh, at all costs. Um, you, You know, I have a section in here where I talk about how they claim that police shootings of blacks it represents systemic racism. Mm-hmm. It, it's absolutely false. The few police shootings that have occurred over the past year uh, or the deaths as a result of police shootings, there are certainly few tragic mistakes. Absolutely. And when you I agree, I agree. Millions of people, violent people, you uh, millions of arrests every year. You are going to make a mistake. Yes. Just like you have 300 million people vaccinated. Guess what? A thousand are going to die. Yep. That's what happens when you take aspirin. Yep. You know, I mean, it's just it's a percentage thing. So the law of average. Into the facts. I go into the facts. For example, on average. 40% of all police officers killed in the line of duty, feloniously killed, that is murdered, are killed by blacks. And that's been true for decades. In 2019, blacks killed 566 whites, while whites killed 246 blacks. These kinds of numbers are consistent year over year. Blacks represented 61% of the populations as whites now do. What do you think that statistic would look like? From 2010 to 2019, of known offenders, more blacks were arrested for murder and non-negligent homicide, about 51% of the total, than any other group. This represents over 60,000 murders. Now, if you're a policeman and you know you're going to arrest uh, a violent felon, if you are going into the black community, are you more afraid to go into the black community or the white community? Uh, and I don't say that uh, as any kind of indication of racism. It's just a matter of statistical reality. Yeah. You going into a community that is known for violence and you're going to be more cautious. And, and, you, and, and usually in that community, the reason that it's known for violence, it has so much violence, is because of the laws made by the Democrats and the leftists yep. that represent those people. That's yep. half the problem, James. Well, that's actually, that's absolutely right. And I make that point as well. This is not a uh, systematic uh, reflection of the black race. This is a systematic reflection of the nonstop oppression and provocation that white Democrats and their black errand boys in inner city, in in cities around the country, have deliberately imposed on the black community because they want to incite the black community to hatred because their ultimate goal is to use them as cannon fodder in the street revolution that they're trying to provoke. Absolutely. James Simpson on the line with us. Who is Karl Marx? The men, the motives, 
and the menace. James, we do have to end it right now. I'd love to get you back on. I know you have a, 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 a lot to do during the week, and, and you're a busy guy, but I'd like to get you back on. Where should everybody go to get the book right now? You, you basically said just run on, over to Amazon, or do you have a particular yep. website that you want them to visit? Crisisnow.net, and there's a link to the Amazon uh, page where you can order my book. The one and only Mr. James Simpson. All right, everybody, come on back to Freedom on Deck. We got more show to go. Back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. This is going to be a quick one, and then we'll get into another interview, and then one more topic, and then you'll be merrily on your way. President Joe Biden may soon allow legal immigrants with green cards to secure American citizenship without undergoing a standard name check by the FBI. Center for Immigration Studies Director and Regulatory Affairs and Policy Robert Law writes the source of the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services have indicated that the Biden administration is planning to drop the standard FBI name, vetting process, and legal immigrants applying for American citizenship. Uh, CV, does it really matter anymore? So all the, Because all the FBI really does nowadays is uh, spy on Americans, Trump supporters, and white boys like me and you. Folks <laughs> coming across whether legal immigration status or not need not worry because we don't pay attention to stuff like that. Yeah. And don't forget the uh, conservatives who vote Republican who are not of European stock. Well, they're not uh, they're not real black people, according to the uh, that's right to the yeah, left. Yeah. So they're also under the microscope. Yeah, they're their bad fan. people. They're but, bad people. Call them names. Just call them names. You know, this this executive order, uh, re- they call it restoring faith in our legal immigration systems and strengthening integration and inclusion efforts for new Americans. Well, that's the exact opposite of the truth. It's actually uh, destroying faith in our legal immigration systems and weakening integration and inclusion efforts for new Americans. It's it's, It's the typical Orwellian doublespeak. It really is, it, it, you know, it, and it's happening as we predicted with this resident takeover in the White House. And man, I, you know, I, I can't imagine it getting much, much worse than it has, but it certainly will. And the only cure for that hangover is a little Donald J. Trump, in my personal opinion. Also, so, I, also I want to say this includes uh, throwing out the no travel list. By the yeah. way, and so you're going to have Islamic terrorists coming in, and they're not going to be checking their names against the no-fly list. Yeah, that's exactly why we had attacks like Pulse nightclub, and the shooting that was in San Bernardino. If you remember the San Bernardino couple, they came back and forth from Saudi Arabia, and also back and forth from Afghanistan. They knew they were terrorists, so you know yeah. you. you you good Democrats, you get what you pay for. It really is true. You get what you vote for, too. All right, uh, we do have a guest coming up right now, and we'll be back with him. It's Mr. Paul Sutliff, his new book, 
the cancer of civilization jihad. Don't go anywhere. 94.9 News Now and Stimulus. news now and stimulating talk if you miss somebody that you really wanted to hear and i know people ask me that all the time like look it's the audio's up the very night that the show is out on fm terrestrial the audio is on our site that night so if there's a guest like paul sutliff that you missed and you're like darn it i miss paul well he's on the line (laughs) he's on the line with us right now you know paul the message i get and i'm like I, w- I didn't know that you had a book that was about to hit. It's The Cancer of Civilization Jihad. Right now, it's live on Amazon. Yes, it is live on Amazon today, and you can buy it there. I'm going to – I'm getting it ready for bookstores is the next step. Yes. So that should be – uh, God willing, done by the end of the week. <laughs> That's great. And, uh, you know, the cover looks great. Uh, you know, all your other books are so fantastic. I'm glad that you have a new one coming out here. So what are we getting into here with the cancer of civilization, Jihad Paul? Well, this book is really addressed. A cancer is something that eats from within. Sure. And so I, I, when I started this book, I was still teaching, and I wanted to do this as professional and um, as a as a educational professionals, so I, I tackled what what is a, a social psychology field called uh, social norms. So I looked at you know what are these things I mean I, that I was seeing. Um, I make I do a lot of reading and keeping up on the news. That's what's happening in Europe and what's happening here and around the world. And I kept seeing these patterns of behaviors such as uh, you know lying and a few other things. So. When you start looking at these and asking the question, are these Islamic social norms, are they actually endorsed by Islamic scripture, it's kind of mind-numbing. So here's a few chapters. Um, Islamic supremacy as a whole is is just one chapter. Um, Is there an Islamic social norm against telling the truth? Um, Here's another one. Is slavery legal under Islam's social norms today? And the answer is yes. Are there racist social norms within Islamic beliefs? Now, if you're looking at Black Lives Matter and you you realize that CARE has provided income for them, Mm -hmm. the Council on American-Islamic Relations, you got to be confused when you realize that, yes, you know, when you start looking at Islamic scriptures, you realize that they are racist against black people. Yeah. And and that's kind of, you know— it, it kind of sends a message like, why is there such a thing as black Muslims? <laughs> and, you know, then, then the funny question goes with that. Why do they consider Muhammad black? Because in the Islamic scriptures tell you he's white and that he sold black slaves for cheaper than he sold white slaves. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, things like that are in there. I mean, that I, I actually quote the, you know, 
put in the citations and, you know, exact quotes from the Quran and, and the Hadith. Um, here's another one. Are the racist social norms within uh, Islamic belief? Um, let's see. I did that one. Um, is ethnic prejudice giving Islam, um, giving Arabs superiority? Um, are women considered less than equals? I mean, that is, <laughs> that's a given. And there's so many scriptures. And even there's uh, actually Sharia. Um, there's actually um, Islamic law that definitely starts this off. And you know, when a woman, when a child is born, if it's a female, their value uh, for the daughter is half the is half. Right. And that, you know, when I started looking at that and finding those things, I mean, I mean, it's one thing to actually be told it when you start looking, you know, to find the answers. You know, is this true? And you find these things, you're like, wait, wait a minute. This is you're starting from birth that you you devalue the the female from their birth, and that that was kind of mind numbing for me. Um, are Muslim women required to wear the hijab? Now that was, or is it a choice? I, that was an interesting chapter. I didn't expect the answer I I ended up with. <laughs> okay. But yeah, again, it's about truth. It's not about what I want to want to see or believe. It's about truth. Yeah, absolutely. And then that's what, um, and that's what you've always done, and yeah. it's, it's it's about uh, uncovering some of the uh, the dirty stuff, but also the truth. If it if it's not true, you're not putting it out in this book. And you've always been so good with us on that with this show. When you would come on, and I'd say, well, why is it that Linda Sartsauer is part of this woman's march, yet they don't value women's lives. This was something that's always been tackled. It's kind of what you're talking about here. There's so many uh, contradictions inside of what the Islamic belief really is and what we see on mainstream media throughout throughout the news, you know? That is is the and, – and that's the thing. There's actual – that's one of the things that actually gets talked about when we talk about – the chapter on superiority actually answers a lot of this, which is interesting. It's not, it's not necessarily lying. Um, that's the, that's the interesting part. It's the double speak. It's the, that's required in Islam. Right. And, and that comes from Islamic superiority, which I would never have thought of that being the ruling. Uh, you know, it's not, again, it's not necessarily lying. It's how they keep the concept of Islamic superiority. And that's it's just that part is just mind numbing. Um, here's another one: Do Islamic social norms make men see women, make Muslim women men see women as intellectual? Sorry, I did that one already. Um, is child marriage and forced marriage part of Islamic social norms? Um, I had to put that in. I was just going to do the one on on child marriage, and then I discovered that there, you know, there's another part to it. There, for, the concept of forced marriage where women don't really have a choice no matter the age right uh, they will be told you're going to marry this person and they don't get that choice and if you go to a muslim country uh you'll see that um if you are able to see it i mean if you'll find that there's a lot of books out by um great women like wafa sultan and um there's there's a just a huge number of books out there that talk about this um is FGM, uh, female genitalia mutilation, an Islamic social norm? Um, and I keep emphasizing social norm. Social norms are behaviors that are exhibited that you can see. They're patterns of behaviors. And the idea is to look at, well, if these, are, these behaviors are endorsed by Islam, 
I mean, these so Muslims will do these things or accept these things. It, and that is, you know, is it endorsed by their scriptures? So this is why I'm asking these questions. Um, I split the book in a, into a second section when I start talking about the, the that the Sharia versus the Constitution, and right. there is a huge, huge difference there. So it start that section starts out with: Is there an Islamic social norm that forbids freedom of speech? And I have friends that were actually in, um, gosh, now I can think of the name of the place, in Texas when there was an attack there. And Waco. No, um, it starts with G, and I can't think right now. Okay. Um, Sorry about that. But uh, the the attack in, I starts as I'll think of it in a minute. The attack was so bad that I had like I had several friends that were there. Um, some of them I work with through the radio show that I do, and I wanted to get every little detail, not just uh, what was in the news. And, and I did some interviewing. I found other sources that uh, actually I don't think either of the, the, my friends knew who were there, knew these sources. But um, I put every little detail on that attack, and that, uh, and I go all the way through. And it's not just, I mean. It's not just freedom of speech here. I'm talking about in Europe, wherever, wherever we're talking about. I mean, is is they are they fighting the concept of freedom of speech? Yeah. Garland, Garland, Texas is what it is. <laughs> and um, so then I, the I get to uh, is music, uh, is music banned? You know, basically, yeah. and that's that's the next thing I get into. And the hardest thing I did in this book was talk about. Islamic norm teaching uh, is there an Islamic norm that endorses hatred on non-Muslims and that was the hardest part of this book I had to had to write it actually took me months to write that because I kept having to put material down it was if you're raised in a home where your parents raised you with love um and if you, you know, you have children at home or, you know, that you love, this section um, will even be difficult to read because it's hard to accept. Uh, when you come from a loving home, it's hard to accept this concept of hatred. It's just very, at least for me, it was very, very difficult. So, and then I end it with, is there is an Islamic social norm of war against non-Muslims? And that is jihad. And I actually have in the appendix the uh, 1915 fatwa, which I think should be read by every American citizen. Um, another appendix item I have here is where is hatred and violence in the Quran? Um, and, you know, I, as a Christian, I put in here a piece that I call uh, an evangelical hug for the Muslim reader. So... I mean, it basically, it inter you know looks at their they call in the Quran they call Jesus Isa, and believe it or not, in the Quran, um, Isa has is more is superior to Muhammad, and they don't know that, they don't read this section and think about it. So it's kind of it's kind of humorous when I think of you know, when you start to think about it. they've been saying all these times that Muhammad is the perfect guy, but he can't do some of the things that Jesus that their concept of Jesus did. Now their concept is still pretty small, but uh, 
it's and, and Jesus, Isa isn't even the correct name for Jesus. Um, and it, it's there's a whole bunch of other funny things about that. They they actually think um, that Jesus' mother was named Miriam, and Miriam is the brother of sorry the the sister of Moses, and he doesn't see I and mean, he actually identifies uh, her parents as being the <laughs> the parents of Moses, which is, you know, this is kind of humorous right. when you start thinking about it. So he has no clue what he's writing about, right. and it's evident. Um, but we're talking about Muhammad, <laughs> so it's not a surprise. Uh, this is, you know, this is where it, it gets kind of silly. But again, the question is, if these are social norms, and they're and you've, you're getting a larger percentage of Muslims in your neighborhood. How are those behaviors going to change your neighborhood? In a very bad way. Yeah. And and this is, you know, it sounds, it, I mean, it does sound horrible. And, uh, but I, again, I tackle these one at a time. I'm not, and again, we're talking about Islam. Yes. We're not talking about individual Muslims. Right. Individual Muslims may believe some of these or all of them. But the catch is under Islam, you're not allowed to have a different belief. Right. And this is, it's not like Christianity, you know, you, you have choices. Uh, in Islam, you don't have choices. The silliest thing about that is, you know, I was just watching a David Vid, uh, Wood video yesterday on this, and he was talking about how, <laughs> how Muslims view human life differently. Um, they think of humans as not being able to do anything without rules, even about going to the bathroom. You know, you don't find any rule. You know, you don't hear about Christians talking about how do you go to the bathroom where no one's telling you about how many times to wipe your butt or, or how to go to the bathroom. Right. It's, it's kind of, and that's actually in Islamic rules and or Sharia, it's, these things are there. And it, it's yeah. hilarious when you start to read that and learn that. Uh, you would never think um, that such a thing existed until you start looking at these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm only addressing 20 uh, social norms, yeah. but there are enough to indicate, you know, my, my, my hope and prayer for this book is it becomes a, policy changer. And if you read these things and you realize, okay, so now we've got 10,000 Muslims who want to come to your country uh, and they, and your leaders read this book and say, do we really want people who believe these things to come in and to our society? And they will be basically opposing us in every direction to, to, to think about people who you want to let people into your society who have a goal of teaching hatred against people who don't believe as they do. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, the concept of, and fighting your concept of freedom of speech and, and other things, you, know, you start, it, it, it sounds, some of these things sound so alien, like the concept of, of banning music. I mean, yeah. I thought it was just instrumental music, but no, it's far more. Yeah. Again, <laughs> finding out what is true and getting the truth out is, I, I did a lot, a ton, a ton of research on this to get this far. Well, and, think, you know, the, I think it's important that we do know that, Paul, but um, we are up against it right now. We went a little past. Can you just tell everybody where to go and, and get it? I, I know Amazon, it's live right now. 
what do you want everyone to do? Where should they go? Well, I would say go to Amazon today and, and buy the book. Um, my goal is to, to get this truth out. If you can, take this book and take it to your local pastor, take it to your local politician, take it to your state politician, your federal politician. The goal is to get the truth out. And this is what I call an eye-opening book. Thank you. <laughs> I would agree. Paul Sutliff, everybody, make sure you go out and check his new book out, The Cancer of Civilization Jihad. Paul, we'll talk to you soon once the ball, the book's out there, and I wish you the best. God bless you. God bless. Thanks. All right, everybody, that was the one and only Paul Sutliff. Remember, go to Amazon, order the book, and you can check out everything else that he asked off for you as well. And we're going to come back. We'll shut down the show right after this. One more topic on the way, and then you're free for the day. <laughs> All right, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, freedom on deck. Okay, so we're talking about what's going on inside the government right now and it's inside our mainstream media with this UFO report. Before I get into the report, I just want everybody out there to know personally, for me, and I think most of our listeners know this, I do believe that there are UFOs that come in and out of uh our hemisphere i don't necessarily know what they are who they are or why they're here i have an idea i don't want to get too much into that as you know i i also believe that we have things on this planet that we don't even know about right now such mm. as uh sasquatch and and other things that i believe in and if you think i'm nuts you think i'm nuts that's fine right prove it but, not um, prove it not true right you prove it not true i'll prove it to be true <laughs> with hard evidence Government, all right, so this is coming in from USA Today, and it reads, Government UFO report finds no evidence, flying objects are aliens, but does not rule possibility out. A highly anticipated government report did not find evidence that the unexplained aerial phenomenon linked to UFOs that Navy pilots have witnessed in recent years are alien spacecrafts, but the report also does not definitively say that they aren't the New York Times and CNN reported. Oh, I see what saying. That makes sense. Uh, we also know that President Donald J. Trump made a uh, sort of a statement about it, uh, I want to say about two and a half, maybe two years ago, in which he didn't rule anything out. He really didn't say that he has any good idea that we have aliens coming down to planet Earth to check us out right now, but he didn't rule it out either. So, CV, what it looks through from what I'm reading here is that they're trying to keep it hush-hush, but they're leaving that door open. And usually when they leave that door open, there's a reason. Well, it's uh, problematic when you have our Department of Justice uh, watching these things and knowing about it and, and filing away these little reports about these objects that can do things that we have not been able to duplicate on Earth via our own technology, such as, uh, you know, flying at 11,000 miles an hour and making a pinpoint turn instantly or right. 
diving from 80,000 feet into the ocean and then coming right back out as if it went through the air instead of the water when right. a- any other ship would have vaporized instantly. Right. You know, these things are not human technology. The Pentagon is supposed to re- release this report as mm-hmm. Donald Trump ordered them to do in his appropriation bill for 2021 and that, that there was a mandate in there to do that. Yeah. But yeah. I, I'm open-minded about UFOs. The only thing is I'm skeptical of government agencies. I mean, how do right, we know? Right, I know, I know. <laughs> how do we yeah. know that this is not just a, a, a diversion tactic to take our eye off the ball of these audits and the Wuhan lab? And, you know, I, I would debate atheists about this, this kind of stuff. You know, they yeah. would always say, you know, it's ridiculous to believe in a higher intelligence, uh, you know, a spirit that's a higher intelligence that, uh, uh in the universe where human beings are the highest, highest intelligence. And I'd ask if they believe in intelligent life on other planets. And they're like, uh, yeah. I'm like, well, those are life forms that we don't know, you know, life, not as we know it. And, and, uh, and they would be stumped because they, you know, they believe in that kind of stuff when it suits their narrative, but then they don't believe in spirits or angels or God when it's the same exact concept in a way. And yeah. uh, another thing atheist scientists always say is, you know, there's a probability there's so many stars in the universe that there is a probability that there are life on other planets. But what they leave out is the part that probability goes out the window if life is not by chance, but intentional. So, so yeah. if we if we are the, if life is because it was created by an intelligent creator, then then probability doesn't even come into it. And then, and then I want to say one more thing. The Bible also speaks about the end times, saying that there will be lying wonders and signs in the sky. So, uh, is that what we're seeing? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, there's I, I don't a, have the answers. Well, there's a lot of stuff like that that you can find. You know, my father used to t- going back to uh, atheists. He used to say, "Tell me the the inert the inert stone didn't 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 make itself. Rodan's hands did." It didn't come there by accident. It was put there, right? Or when you uh, when you see uh, um, when you see a model from clay, when you see paintings, they didn't just happen. Yeah, these things are made. Exactly. There is a, it, 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 there is a reason. There is a God, and there is a way. And c- can I tell you exactly what that is? Yeah, I I, I have my own beliefs, and I I, I think that that we get a pretty good idea out of uh, the history books and inside the Bible. I think the answers are there. And like it, you said, it's kind of our look in Revelations, look to the sky. Uh, there are many imageries in the sky throughout the Bible, uh, in the Egyptian temples, and uh, throughout a lot of old uh, Arabic texts that talk about these things in the sky with lights, things that, that are unimaginable to us now, they wouldn't be back then, so there's something else out there. Obviously, yeah. I would enjoy it if it was true. I would, I would look forward to it if there was intelligent life on other planets. The things that we can learn from them, forget yeah. about. It. And you know, and and I hear a lot of people that have uh, faith in Christianity, and I do as well. Tell me, well, that's not in God's image. How do you know that? Yes. You know, you know. It, I mean, we. <laughs> it's just. It's ridiculous to think that God can't create more than this. Of course he can. If he wants to, he will. And Jesus said he has sheep in other folds. Whether he's talking about on this earth or on other planets, we don't know. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right, and everybody, remember, we're going to get this thing fixed. We guarantee it right here on FOD. Have a great day. God bless America.